0: Welcome to the Before 30 podcast, inspiring conversations about life and work with your host, Auntie Janine and Nephew Trey.
1: Welcome to Before 30. This is Auntie Janine and I am back for our last week of Financial Literacy Month with our encore edition of our finance series. And our special guest today is Royce Richardson. Royce is the founder and CEO of EIAT, Wealth Investments and today we're talking about how to invest um, not only in the stock market but into business. So this is all about making your money grow while you are asleep. You know, you might think, oh, I don't have enough money to jump into the stock market or I can't invest into a company. Well, we're gonna talk about ways for you to do that. Nephew Trey and I believe that you don't have to always do what your parents did or what you hear about in the market. You gotta find out what works best for you. Did y'all see that the company Curl Mix, black-owned hair care company out of Chicago, opened up for equity investment from the community? They raised over three million dollars from ordinary people like us who wanted to invest in their company, starting as little as two hundred and fifty dollars. So those are the things we're talking about today. How can your money grow for you? While you're asleep, where are the opportunities that you can invest in a business or the stock market so that you can have equity, you can own a company and not even have to be the CEO and run it. So listen up to today's show. um, And we're happy to have you back. And thank you for participating in our finance series in recognition and celebration of financial literacy month.
0: it's hopefully today you will walk away um, and we're going to have our expert on here. We're going to definitely talk to him about that is, you know, having a plan that, you know, may or may not be tied to your employer. So you may change jobs. You may, you know, life may happen. You may be a stay at home parent rearing a child, but making sure that you have a plan um, for your investments because, you know, life will, things will happen in life. And, You need to make sure you just have a
1: plan. So Yeah, have a plan. And that's what we talk about all the time. If y'all don't get anything else from before 30, (laughs) Auntie Janine and Nephew Trey, you better say, I got a plan. Got a plan. I got a plan. And so we got a man with a plan that's going to be on our show today. So we want to go ahead and introduce today's um, subject matter expert and um, speaker and um, investment financial advisor, So we are so excited to have on our show today, Mr. Royce Richardson, he is the owner and founder of EIAT Wealth Management, an independent advisory firm and insurance firm. The services that they specialize in is retirement planning, life insurance, and investments. Mr. Richardson has been in this line of business for over 20 years, and he's still a young dude, y'all. Um, <laughs> so we are so excited to have him. Um, one of his one of his things that he really also enjoys doing is uh, financial literacy, and he has a partnership with the Atlanta Public School System um, to mm-hmm. do financial literacy for his new employees and to offer plans that will supplement their current retirement plan and personal insurance portfolios. And so we're going to talk today about, you know, investing and insurance and how do you take your the funds that you have saved up um, so that you can get into the market and understand that. But we want to welcome Mr. Royce Richardson um, to the Before 30 podcast and to the Before 30 Family,
0: Welcome.
2: With
1: cousin Royce? Hey, Hi. good
2: afternoon, good afternoon, Trey, Janine. Thank
0: you, thank you for the invite. I'm excited. I'm yeah. Excited to be here.
1: We are excited to have you. Awesome, yes.
0: awesome. And so, tell—I know Auntie Janine gave you know that amazing introduction, but in your own words, just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you've come into this role. Uh, great. So, uh just a little bit about me.
2: Uh, originally from Montgomery, Alabama, with the Alabama State, majored in finance. I know y'all talked about the difference between an accounting major and a finance major. Uh, back then, uh, one of my uncles actually uh, owned an insurance and investment firm. And uh, so while I was in school, I was actually initially a chemistry major. Oh. And I went to his office one day, and I saw this big check laying on his desk. <laughs> I was like, man, what's that? He said, commission. I said, well, I wonder, That's more than I'm probably making a year going, <laughs> working in the chemistry lab. I said, what do I need to do? He said, change a major. So I became a finance major. I started working in this agency while I was in college uh, mm-hmm. doing insurance. I started working with small businesses on so just setting up insurance plans. And I started learning about investments then. Fast forward, when I, when I grad well, getting close to graduation, that's when I got an offer from American Express Financial Advisors. Uh, in Birmingham, Alabama to work as a fee-based planner. So that's, that's really when I started my career as a, a financial advisor and I began to learn investing in fee-based planning.
1: All right. Well, we are happy to have you here. There is so much that we want to talk about today, but one of the things you know we talked about a couple of weeks ago is this money mindset, um, yes. and, which has been great. And so now, you know, we're helping, you know, our before 30 family get on this road to financial freedom so that they can also, you know, be on the journey to finding their purpose. And so they're working right now. They're saving and paying off debt. And so they're going to have a little money set aside. And as they kind of grow in their careers, they'll start they'll start making more money. I know one of the things that you you talk to me about um, is this money IQ.
2: What, what <laughs> is Money IQ? So Money IQ, the, the way I see it is just uh, your, your comprehension of, of how to manage money at certain levels. And so one of the biggest things I say, is, is to raise your Money IQ. One example of, of Money I, IQ, if you're used to managing uh, a budget of, of $5,000 a month, then that's your understanding. Some may be inter- be used to managing a budget of twenty thousand a month. That's your understanding. And so, if you have an investment account of, of uh, let's say ten or fifteen thousand, you know you may use those numbers and say, okay, I'm comfortable here. But when you hit fifty or to a hundred thousand, like, well, this is out of my reach. And so, you have to raise your IQ on how to manage that money. So you have to learn, okay, what does it look like to have a diversified portfolio? What do I need to do with 100000 What percentage needs to be in an aggressive portfolio? What percentage needs to be in cash? One example I use is, for instance, let's say someone who, who wins the lottery. You take someone with a very low money IQ uh, from, a, I guess, an economically challenged background like mine was, and they get a million dollars, right? But they're used to only managing $2,000 a month. Mm. And so now this million dollars is here. They don't have the money IQ to manage that money. So they're just spending, not realizing that they're spending, spending, spending until the money is gone. Because most people who win the lottery within about two to three years, they're back to where they started. But they always spend back down to the number they're comfortable with. So now they're back to two thousand dollars. The million is gone. Now they're happy again. And so we do the same thing. I've done it over the years. I've been used to a number. Each year I've had to raise my money IQ. So, okay, I'm comfortable managing this amount. I'm comfortable with this amount of my uh, checking account. I'm comfortable with this amount of my investment account. And, and that number grows. But there, there were times in my younger years where when I hit a certain number, I would go ahead and spend it, buy something new because my IQ was in there. Yeah. So we have to continue to learn more about money and finances, raise that IQ. So the more
0: money comes in or the more you save, you're comfortable managing that money. And that's a really good point i'm I'm glad you kind of you know broke that down for us and explained what the money i q is and so our audience here at before thirty is it's very diverse, so we have sure. you know some folks that have been investing that probably have done you know maybe formal education but also some you know they independent you know informal education, but then we may have some people that you know what is an investment you know what are my options? So sure. what if you could tell us you know maybe you've experienced this with some clients why is it important to invest and in, like what do people mean by investing like what what is that Okay mean? So when we talk about
2: investing in in general terms we're talking about making your money work for you That's simply what investing is you can take your money to your bank you can set it in your checking account or your savings account and the money is not working for you mm-hmm. when you invest and you take the money whether you put it in stocks bonds or mutual funds you're earning interest when you're sleeping the money is working for you whether you decide to invest your money into real estate at this point if you're uh, if someone is paying rent to you or the money is appreciating in real estate your money is working for you mm-hmm. whether or not you invest your money in your friend's business they're earning a profit they're giving you a portion of the profit, your money is working for you. So when we talk about investing, we're really talking about putting your money to work for you. I like that, that's good.
1: And it kept and you kept it so simple, right? So the goal is to not just have your money sitting in a checking account where it's not earning any interest. It's not growing um, and you're constantly taking money out of it or the same thing yeah. with your savings account, putting in a low bearing interest savings account. At your local bank, and it might not be earning anything, so it's not going to multiply quickly over time. Sure. I like
0: that, yeah. Sure. And so well, you t- you mentioned quite a few. So you know, I- I'm not sure exactly where we want to start, but what what are your how? Do, I guess what's your process when you maybe you know may sit down with a client, or how do you go through that framework of saying, "Hey, this is a plan that we can kind of create. These are some things to consider." You know, kind of what's your process or, or how do you start with the new client? So it's
2: kind of like what a doctor does when you when you go to your doctor. First, you have to sit down. And they say, "Well, what's, what's wrong? They have you fill out this form, which I hate filling that form out. Right. Mm-hmm. And all these questions, anything wrong? What's ailing you? So the and same thing saying? with us. When you come in, <laughs> you sit down, we're going to have you fill that form out. We call it a fact finder or a financial needs analysis. Mm-hmm. With that analysis, we get an understanding of where you are today. So we're going to ask some questions about what's your current income level, how much debt you have, uh, what are some of your long and short-term goals? So we're going to go through this entire process just to find out where you are today, what's your short-term goal, what are your long-term goals, and then we're going to build a plan based upon that. Uh, and it just depends on so many factors. Uh, you know, uh, I tell you, and this is uh, before 30, right? So when I, when I deal with my younger clients, I typically don't talk to them about saving for retirement. I talk to them about saving for opportunity because you will probably more than likely see opportunity before you see retirement and you need to be prepared for that. Okay. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about that a little bit? Like that too, so that's, that's my niche. You speaking,
0: speaking to me before 30. So I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a second real quick because you mentioned something that was interesting. So I've never heard an advisor say, when you kind of explain making your money work for you 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 yes. kind of said the traditional stocks and real estate, but then you also said investing in businesses, and so sure. you know i can you talk about that opportunity? why it's so important to maybe from a mindset perspective, you know retirement may look different for everyone you know i'm a an entrepreneur right now, I don't work a typical nine to five, so sure. can you talk a little bit about why it's important to really maybe understand <laughs> and open your mind? To this opportunity right. concept, as opposed to just retirement.
2: Sure. So let's say that you uh, you just take the time to save in the next five to eight or ten years. Let's say let's say you save one hundred thousand dollars, right? And you can trust that one hundred thousand dollars with an advisor or, or learn to invest yourself. But let's say one of your good friends is, is, has a business. They have a, a business that they need to raise one hundred thousand uh, dollars to to get the business started, and you believe in it and they come to you and 10 other friends, each one of you invest $10,000. So of your 100,000 that you have saved, you're only giving up 10,000. So, okay, you you can manage that risk. And you invest in, let's say their coffee shop or whatever great idea that they have. Uh, If that business takes off, let's say the first year they don't pay you anything, but the second year they're paying you five or 10% uh, of the profits, now you're getting paid $5,000 a year does not seem like a lot of money but you only invest at ten thousand after that second or third year now the business you now you're totally in profit mode mm-hmm. you got another five or ten thousand coming from the business is growing uh and then in the fact that you have ownership in something that's tangible yeah. uh, so you get to learn from that so it's I, I look for opportunities like that as well uh because you know uh, the stock market is just one way of uh, earning uh investing your money i think it's
1: a great idea to make an equity investment into a company especially Mm -hmm. if you're if you stay on top of like these new tech technology companies that are coming up, and they are looking and this is just not crowdfunding this is a, a direct investment in the business where you are building equity you and you buying shares that they have issued in that company, so that, like you in your example, to make money. And I have, I didn't, I never thought about it that way either, Royce, because I was like, you need to save for retirement. But other ways to save for retirement is to make money now um, so that you can grow your money faster in the short term um, so that you can decide how to diversify. And
0: to that, Royce, can you, so we've talked about kind of your traditional retirement. Maybe we can transition into that next, but is there a way you can set? different buckets of money so maybe put some money aside for opportunities and some aside for your traditional retirement.
2: Absolutely so you, you definitely want to have those different buckets. so you want to have a bucket for savings. that's when we uh, if we're sitting to do some investing we talking about we talk about having anywhere from three to six months of expenses saved uh, in, in order to just even start. So now you want to also have something that's on autopilot that's um, uh, that you've set aside just for investing that's going whether it's two, three, four, five hundred $500 a month going sp- specifically to investing uh, to the market or wherever you're going to invest that. And then you want to set aside another $500 or $1,000 a month and you say, hey, I'm setting this to the side for opportunity, Well, I'm going to invest in real estate or the right business opportunity. I'm going to stay liquid over here because there, there are some expenses when you're getting in and out of an investment or something in your portfolio. So,
0: okay. So let's, all right. I guess I got all the questions there. You, you touched on liquid. So I want you to, can you just tell everybody real quick what liquid means? So, so
2: liquid means uh, not currently invested in any particular security, uh, like a stock or bond or mutual fund. So that this is almost like just cash. And uh, money market is really close to being liquid, where there are no, not a lot of, uh, not uh, much or any expenses attached to the money. But when you're in a particular position, uh, or stocks or bonds or something like that, to sell that, that may be some cost to you. So, liquid is some money set aside specifically for opportunity. You may not be earning much interest on it, it maybe just be in a money market account. But you have that money uh set aside specifically
0: Perfect. for that. Perfect. And so investments in general, like what is the relationship between investment and risk? Can you kind of touch on? I know a lot of people, that's that's the apprehension of, you know, if I put my money in this savings account that has, you know, a point two percent percent, I know that my money is gonna be there in the bank, it's guaranteed. But talking about these sure. different investments, whether it's real estate, the stock market, a business opportunity, like how do you how do I figure out my risk level? Like how, how, what's that relationship between investment? I don't want
1: it? to lose my money. So what happens? I've heard about people that <laughs> that's that's a, that's in the stock a very, market yeah. and they lose their money. So what should we be prepared for?
2: So that's That's a very, very good question. There's so many layers to that. And I've learned so much about that over the last 10 plus years. So let's talk about risk. Um, so let's say hmm, if you're investing in something very very risky, then the return is very very high. Low risk, low return. So let's give an example. If you're investing in a a large cap stock, let's say like a Walmart or Amazon, right? So um, there's not a lot of risk there. You know, Walmart is not going out of business. Amazon is not going out of business. So the return is expected not to be this, this huge return. If you're doing five, eight, or 10% a year uh, with Amazon or Walmart or, or, or a huge stock like uh, a blue chip stock like that, then that's not a lot of risk. Let's let's talk about how do you get huge returns. So let's, let's say you have this uh, startup company uh, that's not well known and you invest your money into that company. Is very, very risky uh, going into the investment. Does, that company does not have a proven track record. But the other side of it, if you take a small company that's let's say, has a cap of, of 10 million or let's say even 5 million, it has the opportunity to grow to 50 million. So your investment can double or triple or be 10 times what it was in the next uh, three to four years. And a, an investment like a, a Walmart, it is not likely that your investment will double. Over the next five years, because what's the likelihood of Walmart doubling in size?
0: So, how do I figure out my investment risk? Like, how how do, I, how do I figure out what I'm comfortable with?
2: So, we do, and uh, that needs analysis and that risk assessment. We're going to ask you, how do you feel about a risk? When to ask, are you okay with losing some of your money? <laughs> what What is some? <laughs> what is some like? You know, on, 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 a, on a ten thousand investment, are you okay with losing all of it? Possibility, okay. Are you, Or do you not want to lose anything? And somebody, some would say, no, I don't want to lose anything. So there are investments out there that we have that are market-correlated uh, market, market correlated or index-based investments, but you're not in the market. And in those particular investments, you can't lose money. Uh, the risk is moderate. Uh, the return is moderate. But those who said, man, I, I can take a little, little risk. I don't, I don't mind a little bit. And so we'll put you in a, mo- in a moderate portfolio. Uh, that may be, you know, six to nine percent a year or twelve percent. Uh, but if you say, hey, listen, I don't mind risk, you know, I'm investing my money, I'm in it to win it. Great. Thank <laughs>
1: you.
2: <laughs> so we take the money and put it in whatever we need to put it into. Uh, and that may be small cap or some very risky investments with the opportunity to earn a lot of money or to earn a great return. Wow. I give an example, like some of my high net worth clients, um, or accredited investors, we, we put them into alternative investments. That's investing in oil, mm-hmm. gas, um, mm-hmm. solar. And so uh, those type of investments will pay them 12 15% uh, interest each year. But on top of that, it pays a, it's been a residual income. They're getting appreciation. They're getting all these different perks. And then if it's in oil and gas, they may even get some tax mm-hmm. benefits That's for investing in it. So it's it's this huge win for them, right? But if things go south, which for some, I'm not going to say it's, it's gone south, but it's a little hard to, uh, those those investments are less liquid. And in a market like this, if they wanted their money back today, right now, they would have some access, but not to all of it. But that's because you're in an investment that's almost guaranteeing you 15 to 20 percent, which we can't use the word guarantee. But you're getting a lot up front in that investment. So it just all depends on on uh, how much money you have to invest, how much risk you want to take on your age. Uh, As someone gets older, we may just put them into something safe. Uh, that's you know almost like a money market or, or an insurance-based product like an annuity that pays a guaranteed interest amount of three or four percent regardless of what the market does. So it just all so let's, depends. Let's
1: take this back just a little bit. Let's do some vocabulary. Yeah. So you mentioned some right. you know large cap, small cap. Let's 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 yeah. do some a few things. What is a CD or a certificate of deposit, and what type of person should invest so- in that?
2: Ooh, so, uh, CD, or certificate of deposit, uh, it's um, it's a bank certificate that you, you know, you give the bank your money and they will promise you a small amount of interest uh, on that money. And the reason I'm looking like this is in the '80s, CDs paid five percent or even more, eight percent. Today, um, as uh, let me see, can I even use, use the term we use? As a joke, we call them certificates of depreciation and not certificate of deposits because now you may earn 1% on a CD at a bank. That's a literal rate. And inflation is much higher than that. So each year your money's in that CD, it is uh, depreciating. You're losing value. So that's what a CD is. So I I would not recommend a CD to anybody, uh, including government. (laughs)
1: Sure. All
2: right, yeah. so what is a mutual fund and who should invest in a mutual fund? So a mutual fund is uh, it's a portfolio of stocks, bonds um, and f- in, in a few other investments. And it's owned by a group of investors and it's, it's managed by a prof- uh, professional uh, investment advisor or some type of professional trader. And so mutual funds are good. I, I recommend mutual funds for anybody who's uh, getting started with investing, investing, uh, you can pick you know, a few good mutual funds out there, American funds, Vanguard, BlackRock, and jump into a mutual fund. And so now you're investing, there are mutual funds that mainly invest in technology, there are mutual funds that mainly invest in real estate, there are mutual funds that mainly invest in different sectors of the economy. So you can pick a mutual fund that based on something you believe in let's say like tech, invest in that fund. each month, someone is managing that fund for you, a professional manager, and the fund is growing each year. So you're you're earning interest and you're investing without having to know a lot about uh, the functionality of, of a stock, bond, or a mutual fund. But also the biggest thing is you can pick a fund up, uh, look into the fund and find out what are the top, five or 10 companies in the fund. So when you find a fund that has a Amazon in it, or has a Walmart or has a whatever company or Apple in it, you say, okay, I know that this fund is gonna, pre- it's gonna perform pretty well um, based upon what's happening right now. And when it's not, you can move out of that fund. And so what
1: is an IRA and who should get one?
2: Okay, so a couple of things, IRA, um, we commonly call an IRA uh individual retirement account um, based on it. But if you go, I guess, look at the IRS rules, it's called an individual retirement arrangement. And so you can arrange it however you like. So anybody should, can, uh, should start an IRA. If you're working, uh, you should start one. Most cases, we recommend a Roth IRA. Um, so going into a Roth, any money that you put into it, which is with after-tax dollars, that money grows tax-free. So you want your money to grow tax-free right now. Interest rates are and taxes are at an all-time low. So if tax rates go up, any interest that you've earned on that money in the future, since it's a Roth IRA, you've got access to that money tax-free. You've already paid taxes on it. So we recommend a Roth IRA, a retirement account. Uh, the other thing you can do is, uh, let's say you have an old 401k with some company that you said you didn't like and you don't want to work there, you was only going to be there a year and your behind was there five <laughs> years, <laughs> you had that money sitting at an old retirement account, uh, you can access that money. You can roll it over into an IRA. So you can roll it from an from old 401k or 403b into an individual retirement account or arrangement. And at that point, we can help you pick. You can do it on your own or you can, you can use an advisor. We can help you pick um, a, a, an investment strategy based upon your risk tolerance and manage the money. Uh, That's one other kind of situation that sits out there that uh, a lot of people may not know about, which is a, a self-directed IRA. And you can take that money because it is an a, a individual retirement arrangement. You can buy and sell real estate and different things inside of that account. There are a lot of rules that are associated with it, but there are a lot of things you can do uh, with those
1: I. IRA monies and uh, and avoid taxes. Right. And then we talked about stocks. Stocks are um, you you're buying ownership into ownership. a company, yeah. and you and it grows. Um, and you might get dividends. So what's what's the dividend that you yeah. get from purchasing stock? So the dividend
2: is like a portion of the profits. Uh, certain companies, uh, like one of the back in the day, one of the most well known companies for dividends was IBM. Uh, you should pay a huge divi- dividend yeah. every quarter just for owning a stock. And so, uh, some some of the, the savvy investors, or, or, or I guess investors who uh, who who've have pretty large portfolios, uh, who are very well established, they buy a lot of companies like Dow stocks that pay dividends. So if you if you have a well established portfolio to earn uh, two to four or 5% dividends uh, quarterly or annually from a particular stock makes a difference while you're investing actively in other stocks. So that's when that that diversification comes in. When you have a certain portfolio, you're gonna have a portion of your portfolio that's gonna be uh, conservative. And so uh, some, instead of going straight conservative into a money market, they may take that money and invest 20% in dividend paying stocks. That means they're not gonna get a lot of appreciation that year. So they might may not get that eight or ten percent gain uh in appreciation. However, that the company is paying a dividend every quarter and paying it consistently, so they're okay with that. So if you're getting that four percent dividend growth every year over a 10-year period, 4%, that's 40% that you've made
0: oh, uh just by holding that. Know, that makes sense, and that's really good. And- Can you talk a little bit about, I know uh, we talked about time, so we've thrown some some years out there, eight years, 10 years, retirement, maybe 30 years. What is the importance of timing in all of this? So time in the sense of um, there's a term, you know, called compounded interest. Why is like timing Uh and doing this now so important as opposed to, oh, this is investing is something I can wait 10 years from now to do. Mm -hmm. Like why is timing important?
2: Man, Trey, very, very good question. So here, here, here's that, where, where I came to the paradigm of saving uh, for opportunity. So from a timing standpoint, the first, one of the first things we learn in investing is what we call a rule of 72. The rule of 72 is you, you take the interest you earn on your money, divide it into 72, and it tells you how long before your money doubles. So what that means is this. So let's say you're earning 8% interest on your money divided into 72, that means every uh, nine years, your money will double if you're earning 8%. So that means if you have $10,000 uh, earning 8% in nine years, uh, 10 becomes 20. And then in 18 years, 20 becomes 44, becomes 80, 80 becomes 160. And so that's how when you get to the retirement age, Now that 160 becomes 360, then uh, eventually 720. That's how you get to those numbers at 65. That's why the baby boomers have the money. (laughs) They have time on their hands, right? They've been investing for 40 years. They're using compound interest in the rule of 72. And that is okay if that's your plan. And so myself uh, has been an active investor, but also as an entrepreneur, uh, that's not the plan that I have for me. So I said, okay, I have to start setting aside money for retirement. Yes, but also for opportunity, because I may not want to just earn that eight to 12%, which is a very good return, but I may want to have that quantum leap at some point in the middle. So I tell others too, you know, save for retirement, but also one of the quickest, quickest ways to get there, increase your income, um, get a part-time business, do something uh, to create additional income to, uh, to better your chances for retirement or opportunity. One of the
1: things that I did in my 20s because I had extra time on my hands was I worked my full-time job. Now, I worked my full-time yes. job, but I also had a part-time job at the mall. And, and occasionally nice. I used it to buy clothes because you know, I worked in I worked at the mall, so we got stuff very inexpensively, but it was a great way for me to save extra cash. And so when I was ready to start buying rental properties, I had cash saved up and I didn't know what I wanted to do with that money. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I wanted cash. I wanted to buy a house. You know, I just knew I wanted more. I just and I felt like what else was I going to do after five o'clock anyway? Now, we do know a lot of our our listeners work, you know, very high demanding, long hour jobs at the time. My job literally was from eight to five. <laughs> and it wasn't the kind of job like it was a professional job. You got, the job so you got off at five. Then, I didn't have a laptop, so there was no working from home. Yeah. So trade, totally right. see. That's Very it. About getting in getting in this game soon. <laughs> I, got <in. laughs> I got in soon where I didn't have a laptop. There was no taking work home. So I had time to work um in the evenings and maybe a couple of weekends a month. And that, and I didn't think I was too good to take a second job. Mm-hmm. That's right. Pay for me to save money for potential opportunities, and so you know, buying my first home and then having a little cash to um, buy my first rental property. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, I, you know, for our listeners, not just to say, okay, you have to, Auntie Janine and, and nephew mm-hmm. Trey and even cousin Royce has done. But you know what? This is the time to sit down and think about what do I want to do? What do I want to own? How much money do I want to make? How when do I want to stop working for someone else? Or maybe you want to work for someone else for for 30, 40 years. That's fine, too. But what else do you want to do with the money? Because you can have your employer capitalize your dreams.
0: And to add to that, you know, I'm not going to share much of my story because definitely want to hear from the expert, but we're all entrepreneurs here. So, you know, there came a point in my time, many of you know that, you know, I'm part owner in a photography company that started four years ago with a very small investment and four years later with hard work and time, like that business has expanded. And so that's why I got real passionate Mm -hmm. when I like when you use the word opportunity with investment, because I think, you know, maybe, you know, my generation or younger generations are. You know, any generation, I think, should broaden the, the definition of investment from just retirement to like opportunity, because sure. there are a lot of opportunities out there, especially with, you know, just the world, the market. A lot of things are changing. So I, I really like that.
2: No, I, I like uh, the, 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 the train of thought that you're both on. I remember many, many years ago, um, I took an opportunity in management uh, at a hospital. And um, in my early twenties, but I remember meeting the CEO of the hospital, very very cool guy, and I saw right up in the paper. This, this was locally in, in a uh, small town that also said that he was a realtor, and uh, and so I, I I kept the paper, I read it, I'm like, I'm, this can't be so, and I was one of the uh, the, the directors actually, or um, yeah, you know, actually directors in the hospital, so I went to him. I was like, Is this you he's like, yeah. I said, you, you saw real estate too? You the CEO? He's like, yeah, but like, you know, so he kind of kind of talked it down. Right after that, I went and got a real estate license. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I said, if if the CEO of a hospital will get a real estate license, that's something to this right here. That's about the second stream of income. And even in my investment career, uh, I've kept a real estate, like I have a broker's license and um, so I did some brokerage for some time. And the years when I work, when I was working with other companies, they would say, well, why do you have the real estate license? <laughs> totally. I said, That's for me. <laughs> and over the years, I've done uh, quite well selling real estate and not necessarily me selling it. But because of the license I have and the relationships that I have, I've been able to refer deals to my buddies who are in the industry. Just to be honest, we do a split, it's Ooh. all on paper. I make passive income from real estate and I have for the last eight years. And that allows me to have additional savings or, or money for
0: investing yeah. or yeah. for opportunity. That's great. So, so we done talk about a lot about investing and using a professional. Well, what what's the cost? What's the fees? Is, is it free? Can I, you know, can I can I just hit you up, you know, Royce, and be like, you can help me do some investment? You gonna charge me? What's up? All <laughs> um, right. That's a very,
2: very good question. (laughs) So, that's something that I struggle with in the industry. And that's probably uh, a big reason why I started my firm uh, back in 2012. So, the biggest thing was when I worked with uh, some of the major firms is, you know, as um, a financial advisor and with the licenses that we have, most of us are fee based planners. And so, being a fee-based planner works well when you're working with someone with a significant amount of income and a significant amount of assets. So we get to charge a fee for sitting, asking mm-hmm. questions, and we design a plan for you. And that 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 fee can be twenty five hundred, or and, and it can be on up to you know twenty thousand. So this is a Just fee before
0: I've even given you my money to do something. This is fee before you okay. can even give okay. me any money.
2: And so that makes sense for someone who has a portfolio of $500,000 to be willing to pay somebody $2,500 to give them a plan to deal with Mm -hmm. the next few years. Now, in our community, we know that we have about a tenth of the wealth as other communities in many cases. And so when we would sit down in our own community, instead of having $500,000 in the the account, that may only be $50,000. It may only be $25,000. And so at that point, I'm not comfortable uh, if you got $25,000 asking you for $2,500 as a fee-based planner, 10% of your portfolio to me before we've mm-hmm. done any investing. But I had to do that because I got a portion of that fee and I split it with the company. That was just kind of our arrangement. We had to do it. And so over the years, I, I've just decided as I... Um, you know, started moving towards wanting to to have my own firm, I said, when I step out on my own, I'm not going to charge that fee um, unless it's warranted. So on a few clients, we do charge that fee who are some of our high net worth clients. We do charge it and they're okay with it. Um, but for the average person who comes to us, whether it's a new investor who's getting started or have Let's say 100, 200,000, we're still, most cases, we're not going to charge a fee up front. So, our initial consultation, there's no charge for that. The way we do get paid, though, is a few ways. If uh, you decide to purchase a product, allow us to invest money for you, most companies will pay us a commission. So, that's the uh, uh, on the insurance side of things. On the investment side of things, if it's just transactional, you need us to do a transaction, their fees are, normally range around 5, 5.7% just to do a transaction. If you need help, transactional, it's about a 5% fee. And we don't keep all that. We split it with the companies. The other way, if you decide to be a client as a fiduciary, then we will help you manage your money. As a fiduciary managing your money... At that point, we're only charging about 1.75 percent a year, or 1.5 percent, depending on um, the size of your portfolio. And so we're charging really less than one percent because we also use professional investment management companies, uh, people who who paid uh, who who have paid staff that analyze and make trades on our behalf. And so that fee of a little bit more than one percent, we split it with the professional and management companies. So we're literally charging less than 1% personally to, to manage your account, but the client sees maybe a fee of one6 or 1.7%. That is good. That's good.
1: Uh-huh. And I think it's important to, you know, you're getting into this, to sit down with someone, um, sit down with Royce or one of the agents at his firm to really get an understanding of where you are today, what you need to do, because especially if you're in this process and, say maybe you've gotten to a point where you have five or $10,000 saved um, and that's, you know, and you're trying to figure out, well, what do I do in 2021? So, you know, we're at the end of the year. This is a great time to sit down and have a consultation. And you heard the people at EIAT Wealth Management will talk with you for free. So we want to make sure that you guys schedule some time with uh, Royce and his team To at least start having this conversation to see if you're ready, what your readiness is to evaluate your risk, um, to see how to look at what you what you're doing right now, how much money you have saved up, how much debt you need to pay off. So before you jump into this and even to say maybe I need life insurance because I keep moving from company to company every 12 to 18 months. So that could be another thing.
0: And I would say it's it's never in you know for our listeners, it's never too soon to have this conversation. You can have the consultation and you can start off small. You don't have to be putting hundreds of dollars away a month, it can be very small amounts, or say, Hey, maybe I need to, you know, take care of some stuff and I can come back in three months and set a plan. So, you know, I I really urge everyone if you have not started putting together a financial plan, please over the next few weeks, like like get on his schedule. He might be out for, you know, the holidays are coming up, but make sure in the beginning of 2021, like at the latest, you get on his schedule just so that you can already build this, this habit, this behavior. And then think about it, you know, if you're single, if you're, you know, in a relationship, like these are other things you have to think through and we don't want you to delay it um, because it's important. You might be building a family. There's There's a lot of yeah. Nuances. So the sooner you have this conversation, um, you can be more proactive about your finances. Yeah. So we've been pumping you a lot, Roy. So tell, tell yeah. all of our listeners oh, how they yeah. can get in contact with you. What's the best way um, to reach out to you?
2: Sure. So um, the one thing I want to add to that point that you all made: a lot of my clients over the years, we've been in a, in a bull market, so their money's been growing, so they rally open their statements. But right now, with the turbulence in the market, you, you want to have advice, you want to open your statements, at least at minimum, have mm-hmm. your stuff reviewed, make sure that you're not all aggressive. So if the market takes a takes a big 40 percent dive, that you take a 40 percent dive. So have your portfolio looked at by an, an investment advisor, someone that you know and trust. If you don't have anyone, we can help depending on how complex it is. I do have on my staff, who is also my business partner with the investment side, he's a CFP. So we can certainly help.
1: You know, the market looks like it's starting to take a dive and you're not in the market, but you have cash to get in the market, it would possibly be a good time for you to buy low, you know, and grow over over time, yeah, in the right situation. This is a disclaimer, I am not an investment. And
0: I would say, you know, I have a financial advisor and I'm asked the questions. This is your money. So yeah. like, don't be up here feeling pressured to do something like, yeah. you know, I've had to walk my sister through the process, my fiance, like, this is your money. Ask the questions, make sure you are comfortable with it. Don't feel yeah. like you're you're pressured into having to do something. So, you know, it, it is important to have an advisor, um, but also to make sure you feel comfortable. And so that's why it's great when they do a. I like when advisors do a consultation because it, to me, it just sets the relationship off a lot better. Like, you know,
1: and if you, feel yeah, we walk, for away. you.
0: walk away, it yeah. should be there that the
2: advisor yes. works for you. We work for you. So uh, that understanding should be there. So to reach me, um, of course, uh, we're on Facebook. Feel free to go to our Facebook page on the EIAT world management. You can go to our website, which is E I A T Wealth Management. Uh, also, um, you can call or text me directly. Um, so I would say text because I probably won't answer if I don't know your number. So it's uh, 404-840-31-4. 31 right, he did get y'all phone number. Okay. okay. So you have no okay. text now. I'm going to give you that. i I say text, you may, although I may respond, but depending on the scenario, I may refer you to one of the advisors in the firm to work with you. So I may, you know, but I, I will kind of be actively watching the office number is 866-526-6201. And that'll get you to me or one of the other advisors.
1: That's right. And so we're going to make sure that you also give Royce's information. Just check us out, check it out down in the show notes. It's also going to be on our social media um, pages so that you can stay in touch with him.
0: Thank you for listening to the Before 30 Podcast. Help us grow by subscribing and commenting on today's show. The Before 30 Podcast is owned and operated by Before 30 LLC. Be sure to connect with us on our website at before-30.com and follow and like us at Before 30 on all social media platforms.